listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss various topics in today's animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're locked into another episode of Analuya. My name is Josh, and I am again joined with my lovely wife, Rebecca. Hey, guys. We're going to be doing a bit of a different thing to start uh, the podcast off. We're going to be talking about horoscopes. Ooh, and you're so probably, interesting. And you're probably thinking, Josh, don't, why are you guys doing this? You went over to the dark side. I promise there's a point. It, it, but this kind of correlates to what we'll be talking about today as our main um our main TV show. Yeah, we'll be doing a TV show for the first time um, yeah. of our review and analysis. If you remember in our last episode, uh, Rebecca mentioned that, you know, we may do one. We'll, we'll see if we can figure it out. Well, we got it figured out. Uh, hopefully, we have notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see if those notes actually work. But with horoscopes, Rebecca had done some research regarding the years that you we were born and kind of what the symbol in Japanese culture, what that um, what that symbol is. Uh, so, Rebecca, you said that I was the year of the Earth Dragon. That's right. Yeah, you were the the year of the Earth Dragon. So, I found out that the Japanese zodiac is actually, and that's the the Japanese zodiac is based off of the Chinese zodiac, um, and that's how they determine the years and you know the year of the dog, the year of the rat, uh, that kind of a thing. If you're familiar, um, so but it's not just the animals it's also a different elements like earth and metal and fire and those types of things so yeah you're earth dragon and i'm also an earth bender by that 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 means i'm always like tough <laughs> i guess that's true you could be so uh so the earth dragon uh, or the dragon specifically symbolizes life growth and uh, brings blessings of longevity virtue and harmony so for me i am the year of the metal horse um so horse people are popular and uh, hard workers they (laughs) i don't really agree with this part um they have financially sound minds and are adept at handling money matters so whether male or female they typically find uh more comfortable they're more comfortable in the company of their own kind they're independent and self-willed individuals who never take advice so with all this talk of the zodiac again as i said just a little bit ago this does correlate to what we are going to be talking about and again it is a tv show we first heard about this tv show at least i thought it was just gonna be so boring it was gonna be just another okay it's another lovey dovey one and i love romance but yeah, was, you like romances so i'm surprised you had that but that sh- but shujo um anime i i wasn't too keen shujo yeah they're shonen Sh- yeah and shoujin so shojin yeah so, so shojin. shojin yeah yeah sorry i was like i think them. you're saying that wrong but i don't know what the, the actual word is those were my first thoughts and i was wrong and i'm glad i was oh yeah yeah i i hadn't heard anything about it so when you said oh look it's stupid they you know it's a stupid i watched the first episode or something and um i and was that, like and that well, goes and that okay. goes to show that my one and done kind of philosophy on tv shows just doesn't work because then i rewatch <laughs> the them with you i want to give them a second chance and it's like oh this is great <laughs> once again you just needed me in your life exactly <laughs> all right so enough belaboring the moment as far as making you guys wait to what we're going to be talking about we are going to be talking about the anime series fruits basket <laughs> And first basket, we're going to be discussing the 2019 adaptation. So for those of you who are one of the 2001 original series, it still follows the same kind of storyline, but we're doing the new one because it is a masterpiece. 
Yeah, we never we didn't watch the original, so we don't have anything to compare it to. Well, well I will say I did see clips of the original. Yeah. And it's basically kind of the same, but the artwork is tons better. Well, it's different. I mean, it was the style of 2001. I've right. seen I've seen pictures of it and I mean, it's just the style. Correct. So to give you uh, the technical uh, specs on this, the original came out in 2001. The new adaptation came out in 2019. It wrapped up its third and final season, which we watched all three seasons, in the spring of 2021. So quite uh, pretty recently. It has also grown in popularity since its adaptation. Again, they have shirts, posters, Funko Pops, um, figurines, all that stuff that for you otakus out there, you get all that stuff. <laughs> and this was produced by TV Tokyo. Let me, let us be the first to say this series takes you for a ride. Oh yeah, it's an emotional journey for sure. Ups and downs. Crying, laughing, crying again, crying mostly. Definitely mostly in, crying in season two and three. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But a lot of laughing, too. Yeah, they do a good job in balancing the humor with um, with the serious. I would agree with that. And we're going to be discussing a couple different points. Again, we could have chosen so many themes and so many points that we'd be here forever if we did. Oh, yeah. I actually ended up finding um, in my research... There's uh, like if you're interested in the psychology of the characters of Fruits Basket, um, I found a blog series called lionsdenprojects.com and they have a whole series called The Psychology of Fruits Basket. It's very interesting. That is very interesting. After you listen to this episode, make sure to go ahead and uh, check that out for more in-depth research. So as, as we previously said, we're going to tackle a few different points. Becca will be tackling the themes of parental manipulation and also kind of the whole Zodiac thing. I'll yeah. be tackling uh, Toru as a whole of her character and kind of the virtues that she encapsulates in her relationships with others and kind of the, just the overall storyline. And we have chosen a overarching bottle verse for this series. This comes out of the book of Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 44. And this is Jesus speaking. These, these words are in red, so these are important, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good and sends a rain on the just and on the unjust and isn't that the truth when it comes to toru which i'll get into a little bit later on and the truth for how we need to live our lives absolutely agree with that so let's go ahead and i'll give you a little bit of synopsis now in an earlier episode when we were on our segment of what we're watching a few weeks ago and we informed everybody that we were watching Fruits Basket. I tried to give the synopsis, <laughs> and it didn't go so well. It wasn't the best. Best. Yeah. It wasn't the best representation of the it, series. It, no, no, it, it was a far cry from it. Thankfully, you have an oppor another opportunity now. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, Fruits Basket is the story of a girl named Toru. In the start of the series, she's homeless. She's just been going through a really rough time. But out of the kindness of some people that she's developed friendships with, she's taken in to live with a group of people called the Somas. And to, in order to earn her keep, um, as some would use that term, she does all the things that they don't want to do. She does the cooking, the cleaning, housework, all that good stuff. But she, she really enjoys it, um, allegedly. <laughs> I think she does. I think she actually enjoys what she well, yeah, well, she she likes to help others. Let's say mm -hmm. that. So that that's what gives her that satisfaction. Well, she feels indebted to them. Is really what it is. Obligated. Mm, right. She likes doing it, but she does feel obligated. Right. Right. But the Sonas have a secret, and that secret I didn't see coming, honestly, because. Again, I didn't know anything about the series, and going into it, it was um surprising but this is why i thought it was stupid at first 
And that secret is... Yes, they are. Yep, different kinds of animals, though. The different zodiac animals are the the rat, the dog, the cat, ox, the wolf, cow. N- no, it's not a wolf. No, he's a dog. He's a. Do- you said it was a wolf at first. No. No. Oh, I said it was a wolf. <laughs> Shigure is not you know. a wolf. Uh, what are the other ones, Josh? A snake, sheep. A- Tiger, rabbit, rabbit, rooster. That's pretty close to all of them. To go into an in-depth study of all these characters, it would be a, quite an undertaking. For and for one episode. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, there's no way this would be like a whole series. You'd have to spend. It'd have to be like twelve episodes, like one on each character. I I, I would focus on the main four, which are Toru, Shigure, Toru, and Yuki. You said Toru twice. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> Oh, Kyo, Kyo, yeah. Kyo. So, so I have Shigure, Toru, Kyo, and Yuki. I would, I would classify yeah. those as the four main characters. Yeah, I think you have to keep uh, Akito in there as a main character too. That's right. That, that character doesn't really make an appearance though until we don't really get to know that character until maybe close to the end of season one. Yeah, I mean it's really definitely season more two, the, season definitely more three. the presence in season yeah season two season three. Yeah, you get to know more about Akito. Right. So let's go ahead and with that jump into the zodiac. Yeah. So zodiac. Um, as I mentioned, the zodiac is really based off of the Chinese zodiac, but uh, most importantly for what I wanted to mention, really was just that you know the zodiac is a part of astrology there's a lot of people that think that even christians that that think it's okay that astrology is okay and it's not um it's a part of the occult right and kind of going off on that a little bit the occult is trying to be more and more made mainstream and it hasn't been already and with this we heard about what was it destiny cards or faith faith cards yes destiny cards Yes, so uh, Bethel is a church out in California. They have many campuses all over the U.S. and abroad. So they go to these psychic conventions using their methods of tarot card reading that they call them destiny cards. It's oh no no these are destiny cards. These are totally different. Well, they're they're supposed to be like based on the Bible and and all of this, but um. I mean, it's just, it's it's blatant. I don't think that's what God had in Which mind when he said, I use an evil for good. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, actually, he's very clear in the Bible that, you know, horoscopes, astrology, mysticism, all of that kind of stuff is strictly forbidden. Some of the biblical pas- passages that strongly condemn astrology are, there's a couple in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 4.19, 17 uh, Deuteronomy 17 2 through 5 Deuteronomy 18 9 through 11 there's some in Jeremiah Jeremiah 7 uh, 18 and then Jeremiah 8 1 through 5 all write these over. down there will be a test yeah you'll be tested on them no those are um and you know I know I said them pretty fast but if you want you know, pause and go back and listen to it. And, and I encourage you to look them up um, because they're they're really, really good. Uh, and then one of my favorites that I found actually in the New Testament uh, was in Colossians, and that's Colossians 2.8. So Colossians 2.8 says, Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition based on the elemental forces of the world and not based on Christ. It's a pivotal pivotal verse, um, I think, in combating really anything that's a cult. Yeah. And that kind of correlates to it's either in Matthew or Timothy. It kind of says the same thing, like, take hold, let that nobody deceives you. Oh, yeah, I think it's in Timothy um, where it's talking about that. Yes, and so you gotta you got to keep your guard up. Because all these things can seem all well and good, but mostly deep, in, deep, deep rooted in the occult. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even though like we started off with the silly little horoscopes in the year of the earth dragon and the metal horse and um, what do those mean? But like people really do look to horoscopes and what the stars are telling them and these, you know, year of the whatevers to tell them their future. They're relying on these things rather than God to tell them who they are and it's wrong as we know the truth is always going to be found in the word of god and that's where you're going to find the answers just in that deep relationship with him if you look to these other things now again when we say other things we're we're not saying oh don't listen to you know worship music don't have fellowship it's just you (laughs) and god No, it's more that the Bible is your ultimate authority and that everything that you hear and see and whatever, all of that must go through the Bible and scripture. And, you know, without that, we have to have a plumb line. We have to have something to measure up everything against. And that's the Bible. So uh, I found this really cool book. If you guys are interested, Um, I actually borrowed it from someone in our... Uh, and actually group. you can't get this anywhere becca got the last one on amazon well just because it's the last one on amazon doesn't mean it's not anywhere else but forever i don't know anyway it's an older book um it's called the encyclopedia of new age beliefs and um it's fascinating and the re- i i liked it so much that i was like i want to buy one for myself so that i can like highlight it and write in it and keep it for a long time um because it's so interesting Anyway, there's there's an entry in there about astrology, and um, that's where I got the passages um, talking about where the Bible, you know, says very. Ex- I mean, it's very explicit. Like God does not like this, and He says, "Don't do it." So this book says, um, throughout history, astrologers have actually bowed down to the stars and worshipped them, and even today, this occurs in various non-Western nations. I mean, this is true with the with the zodiac and and horoscopes, and you know, some people obviously put more stock in it than others, and all of that. But uh, it goes on to the bi- book goes on to say, uh, by definition, worship includes the idea of religious devotion and reverence for an object, whether living, a god, or dead, an idol. Many astrologers are uh, pantheists, people who believe the universe is living and that it's divine. The stars and planets are reverenced as part of the larger divine universe. The alleged power of the stars and planets over their lives evokes feelings of religious awe and devotion, which, you know, is true. The, the, what's the main problem with that, Josh? Do you know? It's putting a lot of stock in, you know, the stars and the quote-unquote authority or order they have over our lives. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a lot of what we talked about last week in that, you know, with the, um, the Celtic culture, they right. were worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Creator, yes. Right, and it's the same thing with astrologers. And with this, these these horoscopes, God has embedded worship deep into the human psyche. Worship is one of our basic needs. It's a primal spiritual instinct that drives us. Left to his own devices, man seeks to worship. Even the most primitive cultures exercised various forms of worship. Man is incurably religious, and being religious, we worship. Where we where things go wrong is that in a fallen state, man doesn't know what he's worshiping so he ends up worshiping himself that's typically how it ends up going himself or the creation around us or um all of that and that was just a quote from one of my textbooks by the way you don't have anything to look to you don't have any faith or no beliefs then yeah you then who you worship is yourself you are in a sense worshiping whatever you do Exactly. We end up becoming, you know, who we worship. So the astrologer, like we were talking about, worships creation and trusts creation. Whereas in Christianity, we worship and trust our creator, who is God. There's a very interesting um, kind of contrast in in that book between, you know, here's what the Bible says, and here's what astrologers believe. It's like when we were attending that Bible study on cults, where it's like, okay, this is this cult's belief, and this is what our belief is, kind of just honing all that in. 
So let's kind of bring that into kind of how this correlates with the fruit stasia. Again, we have the animal zodiac. Right. And we have the different animals from that zodiac. So the, the 12 zodiac animal signs are the rat, the ox or cow, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, sheep, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. And these are all the different characters who are in this series of the Fruits Basket. And they all had different backstories. I will say that this show does, it has a lot of pros. Like on my list here, pros of this anime develops characters very thoroughly. Animation is a masterpiece. Dialogue is very deep and thought provoking. Gives you enough feels to last you a month. <laughs> You'll want to laugh and cry on almost every episode. Voice acting is top-notch. All, almost all the characters are very likable, even the antagonist, the main antagonist, by the end. Well, b- by the end, <laughs> yes. It takes a while to get there, but yeah. So, Josh, tell us about uh, Miss Toru. Miss Toru, is that all that you want to discuss regarding the Zodiac? Mm-hmm. So, Toru is the epitome of of the kindness i'll start off by saying that she really is she is just she is a gem i wrote down these virtues for uh toru she's always putting others before herself and demonstrates these qualities kindness selflessness uh she's very forgiving she's very loving understanding she's genuine she's patient and i wrote down a few scripture references and they are First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Again, everybody knows that. The love is patient, love is kind. We also have Matthew 7, 12, Ephesians 4, 32, Proverbs 4, 7, Leviticus 19, 18, and John 3, 30. Again, as I said, write these down. You will be tested at the end. <laughs> Plot twist. There's no test. Yeah, no test. Don't worry. I just I just stand up at the end of the podcast and I'm like, you see this test? Tear it. <laughs> Get rid of it. No test for you. And we all just walk out of the classroom and of the leaves of the glory. Oh, gosh. <laughs> stand on top of the desks. <laughs> and they're like, what about the test? I'm like, that was the test. <laughs> you passed the test. Along with the other aspects, Toru just time and time again is looking past all the members of the Zodiac as far as their faults and their imperfections. And she's seeking to understand who they are and not what they are. Yeah, that's a great line. And I'll play a little clip here. This kind of um, gives a little bit of that Toru. It's a little bit of a longer run. I think it's about almost a minute, but this will kind of give a little bit of context because she always seems like she's so carefree she gives an earnest smile to even the smallest things yeah she's constantly smiling and she always says what you want to hear most this may sound strange but your kindness reminds me of a candle it can light up the darkness though i do have one request if I forget you, please befriend me again. I have always loved the Zodiac Cat. I'm confusing you. What I mean is, I want us to be friends. So trust me when I say, I can see it. You have a plum on your back. I swear it's true. Again, just such a gem. And I'll tell you, whenever that light background music came on, I know it's going to hit hard. I had to look away sometimes. Oh, no. Yeah. And um, so the whole thing, too, with the plum on your back, that I'm sure sounded really weird for nobody who's seen the show before. But um, basically, Toru is talking with Kyo and um, she's trying to say how unique he is and how... Um, you have something really, really special on your back. I forget what, it's like a rice ball or something that she's <laughs> equating him to <laughs> and that there's this plum on your on the, the 
top of the rice ball, I think, and that it's on your back and you may not see, it's basically saying you don't see how special you are, but I promise that it's there, that you are special. And you see this when you meet Kyo because he's very rough around the edges, very hardened character because he's not an official member of the Zodiac. He's kind of like the outcast. Well, and you see as you get to know Kyo as a character, he's I mean, all the characters, but like he's been through some junk in his life. Absolutely. And that's when we'll get that's into that. That's an understatement. Yeah. We'll get into a little bit of that when you talk about the uh, parental manipulation. Yeah, for sure. But with Toru, again, as I've said time and time again, she's just wanted to, you know, develop like these relationships. And that's kind of what all the Zodiac members of the Sonas had in common is they had this fear of emotional intimacy. For good reason. <laughs> for, for their good reasons. I mean, uh, you, you see the out. crap that they've had to go through. Yeah, it's one of those things. Have you ever, I'm, you know, it's an old story, but I'm sure you've heard it before that, you know, if we all threw our, the stuff that we're dealing with in a pile, we would want to snatch ours right back up and say, no, I think I'm good with my, my problem because there are other people who are dealing with a lot more. And that's, you know, sort of the scapegoat mentality that, that these characters end up going through, especially Kyo. Right. And I have heard of that, you know, old, old kind of light story before. Again, we think our problems are so big and so vast, but compared to a lot of other people, ours seem very minuscule. Now, again, I'm not trying to put down other people's transgressions and problems, but if you were to take an outside look and compare it to a good percentage of the population, you know, you're pretty well off. Yep, pretty true. And that goes into a lot of the other themes, uh, themes such as, you know, sacrifice. We see Toru just very sacrificial in just kind of giving out everything and going all in to pursue these relationships with the Sonas. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, and she learns about their curse and she just dives right in and wants to help them. And that's a big influence from her mom, I think. So many life lessons from her mom that are just, oh, yeah, so sad. As Toru learns about the curse, this is where we meet our main antagonist, Akito. Mm-hmm. Akito, I did not like this person at all. I don't all. think anybody likes Akito at first. They had this cadence about them that was just, it just turned you off immediately. There's something I need to tell you. Something important. Stop thinking you're special, scum. You seem to believe you saved Yuki and Kyo. And that may just be the most arrogant thing I've ever heard. Little fool, you don't have the full story. Listen closely. Oh, yeah, rough. A little cliffhanger for you guys. Didn't want to get too much away there. <laughs> yeah, that was just some of Akito's uh, manipulation that happens with all the characters. It's, uh But in the series, you get to see Akito's kind of the upbringing and what they were taught and that manipulation that Akito imposes on all the other members of the Zodiac makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, one of, one of the ideas that I actually jotted down was that we tend to create in our generation what we experienced in the previous one and that's what's happening in this series it's a generational curse it's a generational sin that keeps getting passed down from generation to generation you know the good news is the sin cycle can be broken through the power of the holy spirit but yeah it's a generation this is what a generational curse is that's all that they've known all of the somas all of them pretty much have just only known a life of sin and pain and so they pass that on and it's heartbreaking to watch very heartbreaking especially in season two definitely in season three you get all these backstories and it's just like my heart can barely take it oh i know every character you're like i feel so bad for you makes it's honestly though it's uh it's kind of it's changed my outlook on life though this series um and reminded me of what the Bible says that we're supposed to to do and how we are supposed to love people and remember that every single person that we come in contact with has a background story, just like all these characters. They may be lashing out, they may be happy, they may be sad, they may be whatever it is. Every single person has a backstory, you know, not necessarily as intense as all of these characters, but 
it's always it's there it's a possibility and when it concerned the topic of parental manipulation akito is more or less viewed as quote-unquote god yes akito was told from a young age that they were god God. yeah they were they were created to be worshipped and to be liked by all members of the zodiac right forever loved and that's talk about some crazy uh, manipulation very twisted yes so twisted i mean god complex is on the max there Uh, oh absolutely when i saw akito just many many times and i said this to you when we were watching it's like man i wish mikey was here roundhouse (laughs) kick this person i know right oh yeah so it was hard to yeah akito was a good villain for the story absolutely agree with that when we were watching this as well i only thought that it was yuki kyo and just a couple other people who experienced that manipulation but no it was all of them every single one yeah all of the zodiacs did a lot from akito who was their sort of you know parental figure supposed to be you know sort of father-like figure but some of them were really drawn to that parental figure and some of them were okay and they didn't need that father figure but when that's all you've known that means that emotional intimacy not getting close to others pretty understandable yeah it's really it's hard it's a hard situation but let's get uh, let's kind of rant back a little bit into more of the lighthearted um i got more more uh more serious stuff ahead so yeah (laughs) so we'll 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 get to the end of that there's just a lot of comedy in this and i said earlier it balances out well with the seriousness and heaviness of the that kind of like surrounds the series and that cannot be expressed more than by ryo chan he is the monkey of the zodiac and he is just (laughs) very apologetic i actually thought about your i actually thought about your mom Really? Oh, in this for the monkey character, yeah, because she's very, <laughs> because she's very apologetic. She and, is apologetic. That's funny. So not like this, though. No, no, no. This is like this is very. This is next level. Very exaggerated. I apologize, not just to you, but to the entire world. Listen, all of humanity, I'm sorry. But until then, I'll apologize to the entire world. I'm sorry. Are you reach out. Oh my Um, gosh. Yes. (laughs) I think the monkey was one of my favorite comic reliefs. (laughs) And I honestly thought it was a girl at first. Just Oh I know. Oh, you just like to dress up. Okay. Yeah, I know he's monkey the monkey character is definitely a guy, but likes to dress up. Very interesting. And there's other things like uh, Toru. A, a lot of the humor is at her expense. Oh yeah, poor Toru. Like, well, she's just like she's so naive in a way. Yes. And um, again, she's also very apologetic. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." And it's like, Toru, it's fine. Calm down. <laughs> and, and there's like little kind of like just like little quips in there. Like they go on a camping trip and. Sugar and it's a joke. It's like, yeah, so this is a place that Jason would like to visit. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, who's Jason? It's the there. Why would they name it there, Jason? <laughs> uh, oh, and they're playing ping pong. It's like, okay, now you got to bounce it off. And this is um, Toru who's playing against Kyo. Okay. And like just completely goes way before the ball gets there. She's like, I told him this. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so funny. So just kind of giving you guys a little bit of breath today. I know, I know what we're talking about is pretty deep and it's pretty, heavy. Yeah, pretty heavy, but we're going back. Yeah. You know, I will say too, that Toru is a very, she's a Christ-like figure uh, in the series in that she leads people to forgiveness and wholeness, I think. Absolutely. 100% because as I said earlier, she sees past all the members of the Soma's their imperfections, their faults, and that's kind of what Jesus kind of like says. Says it's like, man, you stink. Come on in. I was at a women's conference yesterday, actually, um, and we were talking about living godly in the days of deception and how do we love our enemies. And they said you can't bless someone and curse them at the same time, even in your own thoughts. And well, I mean, I think God says that in the Bible somewhere, but you know it's true 
you can't bless someone and curse them at the same time, even in your own thoughts. It's an oxymoron. It is. It is. And you know that, and that comes from the Matthew five forty four, which we read earlier, and to to bless your enemies, to pray for them. And the speaker of conference, the speaker at the conference said, um, told this story about <laughs> about or said something about. Uh, keeping her someone that she didn't like well, it was her father-in-law who was causing some some problems and didn't like her and she was like i would keep him in a little box you know on the inside and then i would take him out occasionally and just bow 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 bow, bow and let him beat him up and then and then put him back in the little box and then it was fine it was just in the box and um she she went on to say like that is not loving your neighbor um she said, don't keep people in a little box in your heart that you take out and beat them up in your mind. Like that's not, that's not love. That is, that's not what that is. And so I was reminded of that, of, of Toru and how, um, and gosh, even my life, you know, I can't keep people in a little box in my heart and take that box out and occasionally beat the people up in there and then say, yes, I'm loving. I'm not in that case. That's not true love. That's not what that, I'm just, you know, fooling myself if that happens. I just, it yeah. It kind of goes back to, you know, people that wronged us and, you know, our, our quote unquote accusers. Yeah. It's important to note that we can't keep, we can't latch on to or hold on to that unforgiveness because if we do not forgive our transgressors, our accusers, those who have wronged us, our father can't forgive us. He's like, no, 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 you you have to forgive them. Like, yeah. if this they, isn't if, a suggestion. If they don't forgive you, that that's on them. But you have to forgive them so I can forgive you. Yeah, that's a huge part, I think, of Toru's character and of the whole series in general. Um, I actually made notes about this because it fell in line with the whole parental manipulation um, aspect of it and you know forgiveness means releasing our offender to god and trusting him to administer his justice in his way and his timing forgiveness is our deliberate decision to cancel some debt that's owed to us it's giving up the right to punish to get even to judge or condemn the person for what they've done forgiveness is giving up the demand that they have to make right the wrong that they committed. Um, this was a quote from my text uh, in my counseling class. And I was like, oh, I like put all the stars by it. I was like, gosh, that is, mm, that hits home. You know, it's clearly very important to God and his word that we forgive people. It's a commandment, not a suggestion. It's a choice, not a feeling. And God says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted forgiving each other just as god in christ has also forgiven you and that's ephesians 4 32 it's important you know the more you walk in the spirit or by the spirit the more love will become the controlling factor in your life it's like when you make that decision to follow christ it's not all it's not that all your problems are gone away and you're the best person ever uh, believe me that'd be nice <laughs> but no it's a relationship it takes time to build and to cultivate and the more you spend in that relationship the more those feelings of you know you being wronged or that hurt that'll start to heal a little bit it's not that you forget but you forgive and then you start the healing process yeah I would agree. I would agree. And moving more, a little more into the um, parental manipulation. I mean, all of these characters have gone through some serious parental manipulation, like pretty much every single one of them. And because of that, most of the characters have had self-esteem issues and, you know, have issues then with their parental figures. So all of the characters, they're in a cycle of sin as we mentioned earlier, it's that sort of generational curse. We repeat what happened in previous generations and it's just, it's an awful cycle until Toru came uh, into their lives and then shed light into the dark places. And she really ended up becoming a mother figure to many of the characters that they craved and needed in their lives because that's what they were missing. You know, abs absentee parents for whatever reason, it's never been in God's plan. Tori just gives off that nurturing sphere that a lot of the right. sonas didn't have. And you see time and time again in these background stories, the parents were not involved. They weren't there or they didn't want their children. Yeah. And, 
you know, for many of the Zodiac members, they experienced an abandonment, like you said, by their parents and it caused serious issues. You know, in episode 14, I believe in the first season, Momaji explained it like this. Um, it's typical for the mothers of Zodiac children to either completely reject the child or become overly protective of the child. This is the case in, in Kyo, uh, Kyo's mother. And that's due to the fact that the male children immediately transform when they're held by their mothers. And that makes it really difficult for them to accept their children. And to kind of give a little bit of the context, whenever a male member of the Zodiac is held or hugged by the opposite sex, they turn into their animal counterpart. Yeah, that goes for the women too. Yes. So if they're hugged by a man, then they turn into into their animal. Right, right. Yeah, and so... So this this idea of like absentee parents, you know, what what are absentee parents? So absentee parents in this case would be uh, parents who are absent from the home, either through death, hospitalization, um, that it could, it could be a, an emotional abandonment or absenteeism or um, or physical. They they literally just walked up and, and left, um, which we see many of the characters. I won't give away specific character backgrounds because I still want you guys to actually go and watch the series if you haven't seen it. If you need a blinking, flashing light of what the call to action on this episode is, go and watch Fruits Basket. <laughs> it's good. It's so good. But we'll get into our recommendations in just a little bit. With Toru, going that to her as the what they call the MC, the main character. <laughs> you said earlier that she's an archetype for Christ and mm-hmm. that really just had this overflowing of just love and compassion. Yeah. And that's kind of like in the song, you know, Reckless Love. Oh, uh, yes. Such beautiful imagery and a great reminder of God's love for us and how this how Fruits Basket demonstrates that in its series. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. And Toru just keeps knocking down those walls. Yeah, well, I mean, she lights up everything. There's particularly a moment with Kyo where she has a choice to make. You know, does she go after him and choose to love him even when he's, you know, hurting her and when it's scary and when it's, you know, difficult? And she does that. She climbs that mountain to come after him and show him that she loves him and she helps to tear down the lies of all the characters really that they believe about themselves that other people have told them that i mean there's a lot of characters who deal with some serious self-esteem issues and um, she helps she helps with that you know sort of mother figure and christ-like figure to remedy that be a balm on the on the wounds and along with Toru, something I brought up a little while ago when we were doing research for the for this episode is Haru is also a little bit of an archetype as well in one particular episode where oh yeah, definitely for um Reen yeah Reen and the horse the yes the horse to get the contents <laughs> <laughs> she would hate me calling that <laughs> <laughs> and that is. Reen feels that she's been a burden all her life and she has to carry all of her pain and transgressions. And for those of us who know Christ and have a relationship with Christ, he asks that we just give him our pain, give him our transgressions. When we can't go any further, he says he'll carry us. Yeah, and that's something that Haru does literally in the series for Reen. This is in... I forget what episode. It's season it, three. Yeah, it's definitely season three. Episode four or five. Don't quote me on that. Uh, yeah. uh, that's displayed in this clip here. Enough that I can carry you when you need me to. At least. I'm not giving up on you, Reen. So, walk on your own when you can. And when you can't, let me carry you. 
I like carrying you. You're not a burden. You never have been. Oh man, even now yes. I'm like tearing oh, up like it, oh. oh my yes, those oh. get that together. <laughs> so good. Yeah, really Haru good. definitely. Haru is one of my favorite characters too. He's a really like good him. character, really well developed. Mm-hmm. Very. Um. So going back to this idea of the um parental manipulation and absent mothers and fathers, um, you know, to kind of well, first of all, you know, if you're so we've described what an absent mother or father is what what exactly is that you know and i wanted to make sure that this was said if you are dealing with something like this i implore you please go find a biblical counselor in your area who can walk through these issues with you you know this is not a one session kind of a thing and please do not go to a sozo session you know this is this is many sessions of work to remo- renew your mind um through scripture and through the wonder working power of holy spirit so Go find a professional counselor to help you with these things. If this is the first time you're kind of realizing, oh my gosh, this is what this is. And if you attend a church regularly that you're a member of, a lot of pastors or associate pastors also offer counseling services as well. Yeah, that's a great shout out. You know, and and the the tragedy really of of AWOL parents or absent parents is that it directly affects our relationship with God the Father, um, which produces a serious spiritual problem. So it's not just healing from the emotional baggage of of what happened in your past, but it's also affecting your current relationship with God. And that's that's so important. You know, and we see we see the characters in Fruits Basket making these choices to change on their own and and through these different circumstances in the story. And, and that has some success. Um, but we know that what they really need is the transforming, is the power of a transformed life by the renewing of their minds. And that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And it's with Holy Spirit, God's word and our will that we can renew our minds. Um, The Bible talks a lot about this idea of putting off the ways of the world and putting on biblical or spiritual things. And this is part of the renewal process. And we see, you know, like I mentioned, the the characters of Fruits, Fruits Basket, they're, they're trying only with their will to heal. And um, we know as Christians that that's not, that's not true healing. That's not true healing. Rise through his might, not ours. That's right. All might. Plus ultra. Plus ultra. <laughs> Well, we know that this has been a very heavy episode, but a lot of great conversation, and we invite you all to join in on the conversation as well. Again, we're on social media. We, You can go on our website, and we have social media links for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at Analia on Facebook and Twitter, at Analia Podcast on Instagram. And also, if you haven't already, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would really help us out. But let's kind of go ahead and move on to our recommendations. And you can probably already guess. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for me. Go see it. Go, wa- go watch it. Yeah, I would definitely, I would say for sure, go go watch this. Uh, be prepared for a lot of feels. Happy, sad, Get your touching. tissues, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, but so worth it. It's a, it's, it's such a heartwarming and you, you just get so attached and drawn to the characters um, right off the bat even, really. So yeah, it's it's good. I would definitely say one of my favorite shows. So probably 9.5 because I'm not sure anything is a 10 out of 10, but it's great. And to reiterate, both versions are out there, the, 2000, the 2001 then the 2019 we definitely recommend the 2019. I know kind of biased in not even having watched the 2001 version. But again, 2019 adaptation, wonderful masterpiece. You won't regret it. All right. And that is going to be it for this episode. Wait, Josh. Wait, wait, wait. What, that, what are we watching? Well, that's just it. We're not going to do it. 
Well, we're what the reason why is because we're watching the same stuff as we were last week, so there's no point in saying it again. <laughs> right. You gotta give us time to complete some stuff. There are a couple new things that we're watching, but we'll kinda update that next week. Right now we would like to finish some stuff. Uh this week has just been really busy with just a lot of church stuff and just home stuff, personal life. But it's coming back. Don't worry. With the What We're Watching segment, we may not do it every episode or each week just because unless if you just want to hear, hey, here it is again. It's the same stuff. Same stuff. We're watching the same stuff every time. But we want to keep you guys kind of like up to date with like the new stuff. So whenever we're watching new stuff is when we'll um, do, the, do the second and again. And during that time, we may end with something different. Again, still trying to figure out kind of like our niche as in, in, in regards to segments. Let, and let us know too um, on social media or in an email. Um, do you like these segments? <laughs> we want to you know do stuff that we like but also stuff that you guys want to hear so yeah, let us know absolutely um well i guess something different we could end it with like a joke or something a joke kind of a joke you got a joke i don't have a joke not nothing no except for your shirt oh okay <laughs> i honestly got a little bit upset oh you said that because of like well your well your shirt's a joke oh, so, oh really <laughs> gosh but then i'm then, like then, calling you you're a joke uh, oh <laughs> Stings. no 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 it's the no, words yeah yes yeah, and, and and i just remember with the shirt that i'm wearing <laughs> so we went to sea world uh a few months ago kind of like our summer vacation um to visit my dad and his wife nicole and andy we went to sea world and we went to uh bush gardens um as part of our trip there and just really great to spend a week with them yeah it was it was awesome so we went to the gift shop and i usually don't go to the gift shop at like a theme park because I, I just don't usually buy something like if i do it's like the food that's there like the treats and such the dipping dots the dip okay. josh was obsessed with yes, the dipping dots I while we were was, there uh, and and I got my Dithin Dots. I was determined. Because I hadn't had like Dithin Dots in like five years. I mean, they were really yummy, I gotta say. Even though they had dairy in them, <sighs> they were good. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the shirt. The shirt that I have has like otters on it and it's a blue color and it says, This is otter nonsense. Mm-hmm. It says, That's otter nonsense. That's otter nonsense. And again, it's play on. I feel like you have to say it like, with a british accent that's utter nonsense mm -hmm. we say utter nonsense otter. not utter nonsense <laughs> those poses downtown say that <laughs> well we once again thank you for listening to this episode of analogia again we can be found on all major podcast directories be found on facebook twitter and instagram give us a review on apple Podcasts; it would really help us out go ahead and email us at contact at analuya.com and uh once again for the people who still can't spell analuya how do you spell analuya a-n-i-l-u-j-a-h ah great i'm telling you I, it, it's hard every time <laughs> well we will see you guys next week thank you for listening to the analuya podcast be sure to check us out online at analuya.com there you'll find our weekly blog and a list of all our podcast episodes. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Join us next time on the Analuya Podcast. <laughs>